This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. This is Lester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube. And listen on your podcast platform. Oh, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch... Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV. For all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. For the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! It didn't happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown. That's all the way in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing... Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Right, Chris. 
all right there. <laughs> Take two, as they say. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those days? <laughs> I am having one of those weeks, I'll tell you. Good evening. This is Lester Till I Die. Uh, I'm Chris, and you can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, and also, obviously, on YouTube on Lester Till I Die TV. If you're watching on YouTube, then please, please, Give the, give the video a like, share it if you can, and mainly subscribe to the channel. It all helps us grow. And if you listen on Spotify, and I do have the face for podcasts, I know that. If you listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, any podcast platform, we're over with loads of them. Um, you can catch us there as well. Um, no match tonight. We're having a bit of a break, uh, which makes a change. Instead, we've got a very, very special one of these. On YouTube and your favourite podcast platform, this is Letter to TV. In conversation with... Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Oh, set up, switched on and ready to go. I wasn't five minutes ago, I can tell you. Um, for those of us of a certain age, you will remember this guy. Uh, I started to follow Leicester City uh, in the famous Jimmy Bloomfield years, which were great, great years. The old Filbert Street, the yeah, the dirty toilets, the... The metal bars that you got crushed on if if you scored. But we miss it all, don't we? I certainly miss this guy. We could do with him now on the wing, I'll tell you. Let's bring him, Mr. Winston White. Good evening or good morning, is it, over there? How the devil are you? Hi, Chris. Yeah, it's just turned noon. So, uh, yeah, great to see you, Chris. I'm trying to get you. Obviously, you're in, you're in sunny Florida there. I thought I'd try and get in the spirit here and sort of wear something nice and bright and summery, but I don't think I'm getting away with it quite, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to cut those sleeves off to actually let your body breathe a little bit because it is wet. You don't, you don't see what's under these sleeves, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a body made for clothes. Let me just oh, put it that way. Not, right, not to, okay. You know, when you say you're beach ready, I'm more like beached whale. I'm not going to lie. That's no, me. no, no worries. It's a body well lived. And this is ah, well, that's true. You, you've said a couple of good ones this evening, but I'm going to take that one as well. Body well lived. I like that. Um, we're going to have trouble with this guy. I tell you this: uh, it's Dan, and he's a he's a friend. Well, I say a friend. You know, I'm, I'm contractually obliged to call him that. Uh, Dan from Turf Moor House TV, who does this version of uh, Burn for Burnley. And do get over right. there, guys, if you're watching and you've not checked him out. He does a lot of non-Burnley stuff. Uh, and make, make the most of him while we've still got him, because they might be going down, of course, at the end of the season. But we're going to be fighting over you, because he says you're a Burnley legend, and I say you're a Leicester legend. So we'll, we'll see how the day goes. We'll see how it goes. But Winston, yeah, I mean, you, um, like I said, I mentioned then, you, you know, you, you were sort of at Leicester at the, um, the Bloomfield years. You started your youth career at Leicester. How, how did that happen? How, you know, how did you get into it? Yeah, so I um, I wasn't aware that Leicester City wanted me initially. I always uh, had a uh, a love for the club in terms of you know they were they were obviously in the first division at the time, which is obviously Premier yeah. League now. And I uh, I just played football for my local teams and the county Leicestershire County, and I knew I was a good player because I get kept getting selected. And I, I was scoring loads yeah. of goals. Um, so around 14, 15 years of age, um, a, a guy called Ray Shaw, who's one of the legendary scouts for Leicester City, he, um, I was told he was actually watching me and he apparently had been watching a lot of county games. 
And uh, yeah. although I knew I was a good player, uh, growing up in the Caribbean culture, uh, my my father and you know other members of my family were into cricket. Right. So yeah. I, I you know, and I was a good cricketer and and, and good, very good track athlete as well. Hundred meters, I broke the record for my school many times, and All that's right. stuff. So it really didn't cross my mind that I was actually good enough to play at the professional level because, mm. you know, I didn't, I couldn't compare myself really to anybody because I didn't, you know, they didn't have the academies and so on. Anyway, um, I, I got a knock on the door from um, one scout and uh, he was actually from Peterborough United, a, a guy called Noel Cantwell. Do you remember him? I don't he was, know. He was a manager for, for, for Peterborough for years. Right. He knocked on my door and, and basically just said, we'd like to sign your son. And I was 15 years of age. And that started the uh, the ball rolling because after, you know, my brother said, look, we, we, we're going to wait and see because my brother was a semi-pro player. Right. And he said, um, wait and see, Winston. Don't make any decisions yet. Anyway, he was absolutely right because Aston Villa came in, Wolves came in, Coventry came in, Leicester came in. It was a no-brainer wow. when Leicester came in. And um, I was so honoured and privileged to um, to sign uh, apprenticeships, as they were then. Uh, off the back of, like I said, playing for the county, we got to the semi-finals of the of the, um, of the English Cup, as it was called. I think it was called the English Championship. I think it was called then at youth level. So you know, I was in the profile yeah. a lot. Like I said, I didn't have the, the the major aspirations as a lot of kids do now because they didn't seem to that be that pathway. Mm. Anyway. Um, you know, when I was offered the opportunity, I jumped at it, uh, Chris. And uh, my my life hasn't really looked back because you know it's 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 been one um, sort of thing after the other in the in the world of football. But I hold so much pride in wearing uh, the blue shirt. I really do. So it was a no. I mean, you mentioned then how many different clubs were coming in for you, but mm-hmm. you said no brainer to join Leicester. Yes, it was. It absolutely was because when you look at the names. Because bear in mind, you know, um, I mean, after us, you know, when I signed, uh, Peter, Peter Shilton had just gone. But, you right. know, when I was watching Leicester, Shilton, Graham Cross, Frank yes. Worthington, Keith Weller, oh. um, you know, um, uh, Stevie Earle, uh, mm. uh, uh, Alan Birchinall, uh, Steve Whitworth, Dennis oh. Rofe. I mean, you You're know. You're going through my youth here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was absolutely... Yeah phenomenal and mm. we you know it, as a as a team you know it, they they were holding their own you know I I, mm. I I think four internationals when I signed for Leicester at the time Whitworth Weller Worthington and one more who escapes me now but I think we had four internationals and it was just a club that was going places under Jimmy Bluefield it was it mm. was quite obvious that if they'd have kept you know some sort of continuity and moment and and, and the the staff that they had that we would have, I think, gone on, you know. I mean, you you say there. I mean, they were great years, although we didn't actually win anything. Mm. And I remember a conversation that Alan Birchnell uh, relates on, on quite a few videos when um, when Martin O'Neill came in. Everybody right. kept going into him. Oh, the, um, the the Bloomfield years, the Bloomfield years. He said, but what right. did you actually bloody win? And it, it, we didn't. We didn't win anything. But it was it was just a joy to watch. Well, it, it it was. We, I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy wanted. Flair, he liked flair players, but he liked flair players that worked hard. 
And, mm. you know, the, the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, I look at a player like Frank Worthington and, and, and Frank used to sometimes get a bad press at times because, you know, he was too flamboyant and, and had, you know, all these tricks and everything else. But you look at the longevity of a player like Frank Worthington. I mean, it, it, it's a joy to behold to have played alongside him and, mm. and, and watched him train. He was one of the hardest working players that I've, I'd ever seen. And, you know, if he, you know, if he was playing now, um, you know, he, he would he'd be a he'd be seen as a genius. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and that's the thing. Jimmy liked ball players who worked extremely hard. And that's what he had. He had a great nucleus of hard workers and he had a great nucleus of, 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 of ball players as well. And I did fit into that category. And that's mm -hmm. why I really, uh, you know, value the fact that he saw that in me. I mean, rest in peace, Frank. He obviously passed not so long ago. Right. But, you know, I mean, he nearly, very, very nearly signed at, um, for Liverpool, Bill Shankly at Liverpool. And I think it was his lifestyle and flamboyancy that actually, and I know he, it, there was a medical question as well, but that put Liverpool off. But that was to, 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 our, to our gain. And I think to these days, you know, it's, had he been playing for Liverpool, Frank, I think he'd have probably got recognised more at international level. Oh, there's no doubt. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt at all. Um, watching Frank at day on day and, and all the other players of my, you know, sort of generation will tell you that, you know, you just looked on in awe at Frank, you know, the, the fact that he just seemed to be, and he wasn't gifted with, with explosive pace like a Gary Lineker or, a, mm. you know, those sort of players, but he had exceptional touch and feel of the game. And good space awareness, you know. Yes. And they're the things that, even though he didn't play in my position, I used to watch players like that because they had great, you know, field intelligence. And um, mm -hmm. and he, yeah, he was definitely a, a, a very, very uh, great influence in my career. And and I mean, I think these days he he might struggle in the fact of. Like you said, he was flamboyant, but with social media as it is at the moment, <laughs> you can't get away with anything, can you? <laughs> well, it's a different world, you know. It's a, it's a different world, and you know, I, I you know, the, the stakes are higher now. There's a lot of different factors that make it, you know, near on impossible to have a what would be called a, a normal social life, as it were. Yeah. So you know, I, I have no doubt that Frank would have adjusted accordingly. Yeah. Um, so you, you made it into the first team at Leicester. Yeah. And I mean, you, you said some names and I've just written them, excuse me, a few down here. We've got Mark Wallington, Larry May. Wallen. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Dennis Rofe, Andy Pete, Bobby Smith, Gary Lineker. I mean, there were, like I say, to me, I say, because that's, that's when I started watching uh, Leicester, that, that it's such memories for me. Right. And you said your first game, I think you said you came on as a substitute. Was your full home debut, was that against Stoke? Well, yeah, actually, my home, my full debut was against Stoke City away, where oh, I actually right. started the game. Uh, Keith got injured midweek, and uh, I didn't know. I was not aware that I was going to be playing. Uh, Jimmy came into uh, came in to see me in the dressing room and just pulled me to the side and saying, "You're playing tomorrow," and that was it. Um, and didn't really say anything else. Yeah. So I had the whole night to think about it. I had the the whole night to panic and worry about it because you know <laughs> I know I've been doing well in 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 the uh, in the reserves and everything else mm. as a number of players have been doing. But yeah. you know I, I I certainly wasn't ready to take over Keith, the, you know the great Keith Weller, and um, but you know I did actually it's in some ways imitate his style because 
he was a true winger, Keith, you know? Oh, and that's where, I wanted, that's, that's where I specialised. So, I mean, yeah. when he told me I was playing, you know, I had to be, you know, be a little bit, uh, uh, well, in control of my emotions. Let's put it that way. I was going to say, I was going to say how, you know, what was, what was, I mean, would, your mind must have just exploded. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan and, you know, I can just think if I was in that position, I'd right. be climbing off the walls. <laughs> it, uh... Yeah, yeah. You know, the great thing about it is I'm from a great family, you know, all in, live in Leicester. And, you know, when I went home and told my mum that I was playing uh, for the first team, she just went, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and 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 you know, it, it kind Typical of typical mom, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of put it in perspective. You know that, yeah. um, you know, I was still Winston going home. You know, back yeah. to you know, back to my 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 home in in Evington, Leicester, and you know, it 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 was a good thing that she didn't kind of jump up and down and 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 so on. I mean, obviously, my brother, who as I said, played semi pro. He mm. were, I mean, you know, he was absolutely elated. You know, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was a, it was a really great feeling and um and i you know and i i did uh, play well in the game as well which is a great yeah. bonus did you say evington then uh, yeah evington that was my you know. second home in in leicester yeah evington oh. east park road i was well, east park road i was born and brought up in evington right, right. on you probably haven't don't know it was alcester road it was near yeah, alcester road yeah alcester road and then yeah. we moved to davenport road yeah, I know um, Davenport as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, I know I know those roads absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all our yesterdays here, isn't it? It, it is, it is, yeah, yeah. It's changed. Um, there is a change right now, you know. Change yeah, the and, and that pub was it the yeah, the dove pub at the bottom of Wellfield Drive. I have no ideas. I didn't have my first <laughs> drink until I was 30 years of age, so I have no oh. idea what you're talking about. Well, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but it was a, it was a very nice pub to nip into when uh, when you got out of school and changed uh, you know, threw your blazer and tie away and uh, try and get away with it, which we did a couple of times. But no I'll take your word that. for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when you were there, obviously, um, you, you know, you came, Frank, you saw Frank with, uh, sorry, Jimmy Bloomfield come and go. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think from every, I think Leicester fans, it was, it was a, very much a case of be careful what you wish for because right. they were starting to moan, weren't they? I think possibly on the fact that we hadn't won anything, and of course, we then got Frank McClintock in. Yeah, and I mean that. What was that like at the club? Because it all went wrong, didn't it, under Frank? It did. You know, I've said this on many, many times. It's been recorded many times that the uh, the situation where when Jimmy left. It wasn't just about the, Jimmy as a manager and a coach leaving. What what he what what happened was the DNA was lost of the club as well. We finished. I think it was the highest place position we'd ever finished in the in the first division, which is now mm. the Premier League. And they sacked the manager. What were they thinking at the time? So yeah. when Jimmy left, you know, the, the, he, it was he was he was the heart and soul of the of the club in terms of the organisation. There was not a thing that Jimmy Bloomfield didn't know about mm. the club from the youth team all the way through to the first team. He used to watch all pretty much every game he could that was possible. And so you know, when Frank came in, um, you know, coaches have their own style; they have their own sort of. Um, philosophies on the game, if you will. And he tried to change too much too quickly. We had a great nucleus. Yeah. Some of the guys you mentioned there, we had a really great nucleus of a youth team. Your Larry Mays, 
your Neville Hamiltons, your Tommy Williams. We had a terrific yeah. bunch of players. And, you know, he he brought in his, his, his crew. Now, granted, he brought in some, you know, very good players, mm. you know, your Eddie Kelly's. I mean, you yeah. know, good guys, you know, but... Um, Overall, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the Leicester City way. There wasn't that flamboyant nature that we, you know, that, that a lot of the fans bought into initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that be, be careful what you wish for thing has never been a truer thing mm. because um, we, you know, it, it, the, a lot of a lot of the spirit of the club was lost when Jimmy left, and I felt sorry for Frank. But it was too much too soon for him. Yeah. It was his first job, wasn't it? You know, right, right. Yeah, you know. Right. We've seen these days. I mean, you know, Wayne Rooney's not done bad, but Frank Lampard struggled. It's you know, you right. have to sort of get that experience. I think to be thrown in at the and to follow somebody like Jimmy Bloomfield and right. what he had. I can remember was it the Luton FA Cup game? The paper said it was like watching Brazil. You right. know, to, to follow that, to follow yeah. that, it. it you would say you always want to be the, the man that follows the man that follows sort of thing. Absolutely, but, you know, and, yeah. and you know, without going on too much about it, I, I, you know, I feel and I believe that um, when you, it's 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 different now slightly because as a coach or manager, you come into a club, and a lot of the things that Jimmy had and of that generation and before they they used to run the whole of the club. Now the coaches come in and they really just take care pretty much to the first team affairs, pretty much, yeah. you know, so they actually have less to worry about. But on the other side of it, if you take, I mean, I mean, so Alex, Alex was obviously in the eighties at Manchester United, but apparently he took responsibility for everything to do with the club. And that's what happens when, uh, and Sean Dyche at Burnley, mm. you know, took the, you know, he, 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 you could see that was, that was his club. Yeah. He knew everything that was going on. And, you know, a lot. There's, it's, it's kind of a lost art now. And I think mm. that when you get that continuity and you get that DNA, which takes time, mm. I think that's when you get success. Yes, yes. And unfortunately, managers don't always get that these days. No. Hi, Talk. Hi, Scott. You, you've come into the conversation along with Dan and a few others. There's some questions coming in. So we'll, we'll save the questions from the... From the uh, from the viewers and till the end. Sure. Um, Frank went and then Jock came in. And that right. must have been like, <laughs> that must have been like, you know, um, Devil and Deep Blue Sea, really. I mean, there was two completely different characters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I like Jock. He was a charismatic, yeah. uh, incredibly uh, flamboyant in, in, in his own way. You know, I mean, he, you know, had this booming voice that you could hear from a mile away and uh, <laughs> yeah. very, very imposed himself. So, yeah, you're right. It was a complete contrast to Frank. Um, and um, but, you know, by that time, you know, it didn't help my career, I've got to say, because by that time I was at the club, what, four years by at that point, nearly five, actually. And yeah. I needed I needed uh, games. I needed matches mm. and I was desperate. I needed to get games on my uh, body clock you know and um i just had to uh get a move i i, I yeah. really needed to and so you know i i had almost pretty much made my mind up uh without saying anything um at the end of that season when we got relegated i just knew that i needed a fresh start because there was a lot of pain when we got relegated that season even though i did play 
you know, a few game, a couple of games in that season, yeah. scored against Liverpool, as you as you know. I was just going to say, I, I think you, you said that uh, that was your first goal, wasn't it? For that was my first goal. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so you know, it was a great feeling. And you know, a lot of players may have said, "Well, you know, I'll give it a fresh start." But I knew, I, I knew that I needed. I knew I was getting a little bit stale because mm. uh, you know, and, and a number of players felt the same way. Needed a fresh start, and and so it was a bit of an exodus when when Jock came in, and uh, you know I was I knew I had to leave, and um, you know, but I had respect for Jock, and and I, yeah. I played under him, obviously, you know, uh, not many times, but you know, uh, it was uh, it was it was great knowing him, and uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was it was a it was a thing that Leicester needed. Let's put it that yeah. way. Oh, I yeah. think at the time, definitely, and for you, it's what you needed. And players, yeah. you know, you have to decide. I mean, these days it's a completely different game. There's a lot more money floating about, and right. And some players, let's face it, we know some players are happy to warm the bench and get the money at the end. But yeah. if you are, if you do want to play, and like you said, you know, you, you've got to go sometimes. It's just, it's, it's football. You have to look away and see what opportunities that there are elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 I've never understood that. I've never understood why a player can feel relatively comfortable being on the bench for more than let's say five games i know you know i've not been on the bench many times in my career but when i have been on the bench i've been exceptionally miserable and okay. i've never understood why players actually want to kind of be a bit part player and uh that's something that i could never ever have done myself and i know a number of players that feel that way um but you know the uh, the rewards are so high nowadays that maybe the incentives mm. lost a little bit. I'm not challenging players and saying that's the case with them, but no, no, no. It seems like a lot easier for them to accept than back in my day. That's for sure. You got to move to Hereford. I did. Um, was there a lot of offers on the table, or, or there was something? What what attracted you to Hereford? What attracted me was the same things that attracted me uh, going to Leicester. Although they were in, a, you know, a lower division, uh, you know, I, I really didn't, I really didn't look at it that way. Mike Bailey, very, very, very uh, good player uh, for for Wolverhampton Wanderers, and uh, Bobby Gould was his was his assistant manager. Right. Were at Hereford, and mm. they were bringing in young players like me. I was still young at the time. And they were building a nucleus of a team. They brought in players from Aston Villa, Coventry City, um, who were, again, still in the first division. So it was geared towards success. Um, and again, you know, you, you, you join these teams for the right reasons. They're going to play a style of football. They'd watch me on a numerous amount of occasions. And uh, in fact, I actually spoke to Jock, to, you know, because obviously they, had, they approached Leicester first. Yes. And I said to Jock, look, you know, um, I, I think I need to make a move because I need games. He said, Winston, you definitely need games. I can't guarantee you games here. You definitely need games. And I said, look, you know, I want to go. The loan options weren't available at the time. I think right. if I'd have had my time again, I think I'd have gone on loan. I wouldn't have made mm -hmm. that jump from what it was, obviously, the, the, the second division at the time to yeah. two leagues down. I don't. I wouldn't have done that. And, and that's not being disrespectful to Hereford. But I was a better player than that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, but I needed games. And um, I've got to tell you, I didn't realise how far Hereford was as well. Because technically <laughs> speaking, it was actually, I think, still the Midlands at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's a long way away from Leicester. 
It is, yes, definitely, definitely. But you, you, I mean, like you say, maybe uh, if you had your time again, you might have chosen somewhere else. But you, you had a long and fruitful career there, 175 odd games. I did, I did. Yeah. I, I achieved my goal and objectives of getting league games under my belt. And you know, there were some good times at Hereford. Um, but Mike Bailey left after six, seven months, probably less than that, actually. And uh, again, it changed. I think we had, I think we had four managers there in my time. So again, that lack of continuity, um, I was a victim of. Mm. Um, and I don't want to keep using that word victim, but you know, I think players suffer far more than um, the public realizes when a manager leaves, especially the manager that signs them. Yes, because that you know, the game is all about belief and all yeah. about providing your players with that belief that you can go out and play. And this is what we say, you know, when, when you bring in a new manager, you yeah. almost, if you've had a bad couple of years, you're kind of writing those years off and starting again because, you know, you, you, he'll come in and he might not like one or two players and he might have right. a completely different style. Um, right. you know, when you're changing managers as quickly as Watford do, right. you don't seem to get that continuity. But uh, right. like you say, 175-odd games there. Um and then from there, yeah. <laughs> according to Wikipedia, and I do say that I say Wikipedia to cover myself because you know right. it's never, not always true. You ended up in Hong Kong. I did. Okay, so I can I can share this very openly. I still had another couple of years left at Hereford, uh, but right. I was desperate to get away because you know my game was being affected. I wasn't, you know, anybody who's seen me play will know that. Yeah, and I was a ball player. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't conducive to my sort of game and the pitches were awful and, you know, Hereford just didn't have any money to bring in better players. Yeah. So I had to have formulate an exit strategy. Uh, they brought in a guy called John Newman who uh, had been at Derby um, and so on. Anyway, decent enough coach. But, I, you know, that was my... Um, that was my excuse to say, look, you know, I've had this opportunity. I don't think that I, you know, I, I can, I can play here anymore. And um, he, he wished me all the best. And mm -hmm. I got a move off the back of uh, a guy called Derek Spence and Northern Ireland international, who I was friends with. He, he invited me over. So I signed a six month contract to go out and play in Hong Kong. And um, I had some personal tragedy as well, which, which mm -hmm. uh, kind of helped me make the decision yeah. where I lost my mum very early in life. So, um, you know, that's sort of, sort of the, the apron yes, strings, if you like. I wasn't attached to them as much. So I needed a change. I just mentally, I just needed a change. So I went out to Hong Kong. And, and let me tell you, Chris, it changed my life in so many different ways. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Absolutely oh. loved it. My, my, my brother-in-law is Hong Kong Chinese. And right. he, he and his, his family, they're back here now, but they... Uh, they went back to Hong Kong for a couple of years for, for a job that he had. And right. they, obviously we, we invited us over and we went and we stayed with them. And it is, and I worked, I worked in the travel business at the time and I just thought of Hong Kong as all these big tall buildings and skyscrapers, but what a lovely place Hong Kong is. Yeah. And I, I really wish I'd, I'd taken up the opportunity to go back, which I didn't, but uh, like you say, it, it's a lovely place. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, in terms of the football, you know, uh, kind of it was limited then. I mean, we, you know, we're talking, yeah. we're talking, we're um, talking, you know, early 80s. 
it was very limited in terms of it was an immature market, but you know they paid very very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they had some they they attracted some very good players because they were paying very well. I mean, Bestie yeah. George Best was over there when I was playing. Wow. wow, yeah, you know, so that says it all. Played against Bestie, yeah. and uh, yeah, stadiums are very very good, so they threw a lot of money at it. And um, but one of the things that I you know I actually I think I grew into a man really there because I. I I went out on my own and I had to learn a whole or understand a whole new culture. Mm. So it really was an incredible cultural and educational journey that I needed. And, um, you know, I, 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 it, it sort of shifted me into a different way of thinking about the world. Um, and, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so I enjoyed my time there yeah. and, uh, you know, I had a little bit, little bit of money in my pocket as well, which always helps. Cool. And um, I, I, I came back, um, you know, I think a better person. Yeah. Now, I, well, we said this recently. Um, obviously, there's a lot of um, foreign players playing in the Premier League now. And right. some of them, you're not given the time now, are you? Because, like you say, you go to a different country and right. it's not just football. It's the whole culture of where you're right. going to that you've got right. to buy into and got to get used to. And right. that can take time, can't it? You know. You know, we looked at Leicester and Fafana, it was took it to it like a duck to water, but right. you know, other players, Samari and Daka, they take a little bit longer to sort of settle in and get used to it. Absolutely. When you and when you you know, when you got a fa- you know, you factor in if you've got to have a family, for instance, you know, mm. you know, the, all those different placements, you know, it they yeah. are, they can be challenging because uh and, and yes, you know, obviously you don't talk about that sort of stuff to the general public as such. But mm. I think sometimes the, the public have to have a little bit of tolerance and understanding that, especially if it's a, a cultural sh- change, you know, it does take time. It does. Oh, mm. definitely. Mm. You came back and eventually ended up at Berry. Now, I worked at Berry um, for, for a few years and I there was great rivalry in football, obviously between between clubs. Yeah. And for example, you know, Leicester with Derby. You know, yeah, we find it well. I find it as, as a fan funny that they've gone down to the third division because, of course, we've been there as Leicester. But yeah. what I wouldn't want, even though it was Derby, I do not want the clubs to go out of business because they are the heart and soul of the community. And the fact, you know, Absolutely. Leicester nearly went that way twice ourselves. So, you know, get up and down that that part and parcel of the game, but going out of business. And I still look at that and forget because I did. I only went a couple of times when I was there, but because uh, I didn't live there, so it was just a case of sort of the odd night game. But yeah. you know, it there was them and Bolton at the same time, and sort of Bolton survived. And I see Berry, and I'm thinking, I know they've come back now, and I think they've got promoted in 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 the league that they're in, which is about the eighth or ninth tier. Yeah. But it it you, when you lose that, when you lose yeah. that, it, it's I don't know. I, I just feel sorry. What were your memories of Berry? Again, you were there for like 125 games. Yeah, great, great affection at Berry. Um, like I said, you know, I came back a different person. Um, I, when I came back, you, you know, I, I realised that you've forgotten very quickly in football. So I, I went from this promising young player playing at a, you know, a level that's, you know, that I should have been playing at a higher level at, and people looking at me, leaving, and then coming back and really having to go on trial to a number of different teams. I, anyway, I ended up at Berry after being, I think I was at Stockport for a, a month. I was at mm. uh, Chesterfield for a month. So that's why my CV, it looks a little bit uh, a little bit uh, yeah. top-heavy, if you will. 
but yeah. so, I'd only been at these clubs for a month on sort of a, you know a, a monthly contract or, or non-contract as it as it was called then. Mm. So um, that's what really kind of looked as if I was a journeyman. But when I went to Bury, I played against against Bury on a number of occasions actually when I was at Hereford, and it was one of those really old-fashioned grounds where you were really close to the fans. So I I, I always reacted to the fans' noise. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 that, that almost that tactile feel of the fans near to you. You pick up the ball from a throwing, and you'd hear you'd hear every single comment. You know, good, bad, mm. or indifferent. Yes. But I always reacted to that because it gave me that energy. You felt as if you were more than just the game. There was a lot of mm. other dynamics going on. And uh, as I say, I had some really good games at Bury, and it, yes. it always seemed to be at night games as well. Um, anyway, so when they came in for me. I, I, you know, I, I went and I, I was there for, I think, a month. And then the fans started to, you know, sort of shout, sign sign him up, sign him up. Because I, yeah. I was really fit by that point. And, uh, and you know, playing really well as a winger. And they had some very good players. So anyway, the bottom line of it is that I signed um, for them. And um, I, I remember the club with incredible affection. And I'm still friends with a lot of my former players to this day. No, no. And, and, and the assistant manager, a guy called Frank Casper, um, who he was at Burnley as well, wasn't he? If he I was remember, at Burnley, well. yeah. So I, I, yeah. I became sort of that Burnley kind of Berry connection, if yes. you will, because there's been a number of players that play for both teams, yeah. Yes, you, you said then, and I, and I don't know what it is, but at whatever level you're at. There's something about a night game. It's just a different feel, and oh, I don't necessarily mean a night game in um, in sort of you know May or something when it's light, but in the winter when you've got the floodlights on and oh, it's it's the the, there's the hairs on the back of your neck go up, doesn't it? It's it's the best. I, I, listen, I, I'm getting chills even thinking about it now. That you know those night games were always the games where I I did shine. You know, I I, yeah. I loved playing night games. The ball moved quicker generally because you know there was a little bit of moisture on the on the yeah. pitch, um, the floodlights, the whole thing. You know, you, and and what was great about it, although it's Saturday afternoons were, were great nights, oh, great day. Sorry, the night games. This the people seem to be more vocal. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. Think uh, maybe yeah. things were exacerbated because it was, mm. you know, the still of the night air or whatever. But it, it, everything seems to be a little bit more um up tempo if you will you know mm. and uh, I, so I used to love night games yeah 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 I, I love going to night there's something about a night game like I say mm. and and what you were saying then about you know um the feel at the you know the lower league type clubs I mean I I lived down in Poole and when I came down here Bournemouth was like the nearest major town although at that point they were sort of in in the fourth tier but yeah. I couldn't go I couldn't go and watch Bournemouth because right. of, you know I mean Leicester's like a seven and a half, eight hour return trip for me, but I couldn't go to Bournemouth because to me it was like having an affair. You know? Right. <laughs> I'd have to do okay. the old, old allegedly Keith Weller with the white tights routine. Right. Um, so I went to Paul, uh, Paul Town, which are like they're, they're in the southern, whatever it is, about the 10th or 11th tier. Right. And you, you know, you, you, you stood behind the goal and then you start talking to the guy next to you, next to you, and he's the chairman, he's the owner right. of the club. And right. it's just, it's such, a, and this is why I, I do get annoyed, like I say, when, you know, the, the, there's so much emphasis now on the big clubs. And, yeah. you know, with Berry, you've got Manchester, two big Manchester clubs right. far away. Right. And 
kids are brought up these days. I, I, all my four kids were born in um, in Burnley. And right. I said to my oldest, and he's a big Leicester fan, so I've obviously brought him up right. I said to him when he was born, I said, look, I said, I'd told you taking him to a few Burnley games. I said, you can support Burnley if you want, because that's where you were born, and that's your town, and all your friends at school will possibly be Burnley. Yeah. I said, you can support Leicester, because that's the team I support, and your dad supports, etc. But there's no way that you're staying in this house if you support Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> any, yeah. any of the big yeah. teams. And yes. as I say, he, he chose well. He chose well. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you were there like only four years at Berry. How did that come to an end? Yeah, so, um, again, I got injured. I had my first major injury. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I, I couldn't get back in the team because we, we got promotion at Berry. And uh, it was a really good season that I had with Barry. Uh, Martin Dobson was a coach, the manager, should I say, Frank Casper, assistant manager. I'll say that's another Burnley name, isn't it? Correct. Isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we got promotion. I got injured uh, halfway through the season. Um, David Lee came in, good little player, and uh, and did incredibly well. And um, and I couldn't get back in. I was, you know, I was on the bench and so on. And like I mentioned yeah. at the beginning. I, I just didn't like being on the bench and I didn't feel that I was an impact player. I felt that mm. I was a, uh, a 90 minute player. I had the, I had definitely had the uh, engine for it to be a 90 minute player. So I said, I wanted to go out on loan and I did, I went out on loan yeah. and uh, it was quite obvious that at that point that, you know, um, I think my time w- w- was, was up. Um, you know, David was doing well and I, we're still yeah. friends to this day, David and I, David Lee is a great lad. Um, so, you know, again, it happens in football, you know, you, you just, um, have to just move on. So, um, so I did. And, um, and again, personal situation, you know, I, um, I, I needed to, um, to get down to the South of England again. Um, you know, and, and so I, I, I moved to Colchester United for a season. Yeah. So you played, you played a fair few games there. Um, and then the former, and, and I know, I know Dan's gone. So <laughs> the Burnley, Dan, Dan, the Burnley fan. They've right. got, a, they've got a bit of an important game tonight against. Right, they do, they so, do indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't quite do you that much of a favour last night, Dan. But you know, at least, they, at least we didn't let Everton win. Um, yeah. But yeah, you ended up at Burnley. I mean, I, I lived at Burnley, say, for 25 odd years, and all my children were born there. Great town, really, really nice people. Uh, right. And you, you again, you, you were over 100 games at Burnley. Yeah, you know, you know, again, you know, Dan said about, you know, Burnley legend and uh, yeah. every, every club, you know, where I've signed a long term contract, I've pretty much seen out most of my contracts. And so mm. every club I've played for uh, on a, on a, full contract basis i've i have great affection for let's just make that clear yes but yes. at burnley i i excelled um in as much as i knew a number of the different players i was playing with because i played with mm-hmm. a few of them at, at um at berry yeah people like joe jacob uh people like um um oh gosh terry pashley for instance, you know, uh, Andy Farrell, who was at Burnley, but oh, wow, I actually yeah. knew him from Colchester United days. Right. So when you are familiar with the dressing room and you get into mm. the dressing room, you can integrate a lot quicker. Yes. And I felt very much at home 
when I went to Burnley. The fans really took to me because a few games earlier I played against Burnley and I had a really good game. So, um, you know, it was it was very easy to integrate. And and so the the, the dressing room accept, accepted me very, very quickly. And they were off the back of obviously uh, nearly going out the Football League the, 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 the year yeah, yeah. before. Mm. So everybody, there was a very upbeat and optimistic uh, feel about the place because, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd save themselves from the brink of disaster. So mm. a lot of things that were, were very upbeat about the club. And I think I came in and I think I did well. I think I did well, um, particularly the last season I was there. Um, but what I love about the place was that, they eat, breathe, and sleep the game. And yeah, I was um, going to say, you're born into Burnley, aren't you? Ab when you're born, it's in yeah. your DNA. Yeah. Absolutely. Every yeah. person you speak to has a commitment to that club. Yeah. And I used to love that. And I miss that because when I was younger at Leicester, it seemed that every every person I knew in you know Leicester supported Leicester City. So yeah, that connection, not just with the, your teammates, but with the fans as well, I embraced that and I loved it. And I was by that time I was a I was a seasoned player with like I don't know 400 league games yeah. you know on my belt. So I, I knew what was what and I, I think I really um embraced the community as well as the team, you know, and I, I really enjoyed my time there, I really did. Yeah. I mean, whenever I speak to Dan and we speak we do a lot of shows together and I speak to him a lot. And I told him that I was I was able to get you on, and um, it was just unfortunate, like I said, it clashes with the game. Uh, but he, he 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 spoke very very highly of you. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's good to know. I, I you know again I I still stay in contact with a lot of um, of, of, of fans from Burnley mm -hmm. and uh, yep. teammates, and um, you know at some point you, you know it doesn't matter where they are, whether in the the, the Premier or, or God forbid the Championship. When I, you know, next time I'm in in the UK, I'm definitely going to go and see them. Um, yeah, because I've still yeah. got have a lot of friends there. Yeah, it is. It is long. I mean, before we come on to the the questions in the chat, one last question. Obviously, you're based in Florida now. Yes, you lucky um, and so and so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, that's you know, I don't know sort of whereabouts in Florida, but obviously, David Beckham's opening uh, or not opening, but setting up um, Miami. Into well, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's got a franchise into yeah. Miami. They've been going a couple of seasons now. In fact, I was there at the ground uh, when, uh, yeah, it's nice facilities. It's a temporary facility they have there, but it's nice. I'm just across the way. I'm on the Gulf of Mexico where it's beautiful. All right. Oh, you've frozen, Winston. Um, I think, I think we may have lost Winston. Let's hope when we're in the Gulf of Mexico, it's not a hurricane or a typhoon. Um, or yep. just see, yeah, are we I back? Ah. Yeah, no, that's Last okay. Second. No, you, you froze. I just said, I hope it wasn't a hurricane or anything. <laughs> not at all, not at all. No, there's not, there's nothing blowing at the moment apart from my uh, uh, my uh, my, my enthusiasm, yeah. I'm going to say, let's be careful, be careful what yeah, you I say know, there. Yeah, I was trying to think of something uh, clean to say there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah. I'd, you'd have to worry about that on this show, I'll tell you. I'm surprised it's not got banned yet. But yeah. um, do, you get, do you get to see much um, 
uh, sort of American uh, uh, soccer, obviously, as they call it, or you're saying about the BBC, do you still watch the Premier League a lot? Oh, or? Let me tell you, Chris, the coverage here, you know, and it's all cable TV pretty much most of it, um, the coverage mm. here is outstanding. Every Pretty much every single Premier League game is televised because they've got the luxury of different channels. So yeah. I subscribe to all of them and I watch pretty much every single game. I have a football widow for a wife. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, because I go missing. I go missing yeah. on a Saturday and Sunday. And with the way the games are staggered now, you know, yeah. it, it, you just you just go from one to another. And um, But it's exceptional. They have a lot of uh, English pundits here. Uh, people like Robbie Earl are doing a lot of stuff on, uh, yeah. here. And one of my old teammates from uh, Berry, Lee Dixon, uh, he does a lot right, of stuff yeah. now with American TV, as does um, Graham Lasso, who is um, obviously a, a ex um, uh, Blackburn enemy yeah. of Black Burnley. You're safe. Oh, Dan's yeah. gone. You're safe to mention Blackburn. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they they are you know there are a number of pundits now, so they're, they're, they're starting to understand the game somewhat. But mm. you know, uh, American uh, U.S. soccer is nowhere near to the level that it should be based on the facilities they have yeah. here they, they have some outstanding stadiums even just at high school level they have some outstanding yeah. stadiums we have a stadium here in naples where i live in florida and um we just built a, a complex here i was i was involved in the consult consultation side of it regarding the soccer and it's mm -hmm. as good as many of the the you know the the, the sort of yeah. division grounds that i played at yeah. exceptional whole spit three and a half thousands you yeah. know just you know seat to stadium and it's community it's a community facility it's crazy yeah. i yeah. love it you know you, i don't know if it still is but you know years ago because of course we were owned at one point by milan mandrich who owned an american right birch yeah. and alan birchnell played this was this was sort of in the in the latter version of american soccer yeah um and alan birchnell played over there uh but um, yeah, it, it's we'll find out how good America is because, like I said, we've got them in the World Cup group, so indeed. that will be very interesting. In, yeah. Indeed, I, I, yeah. I can predict very quickly, you know, that you know, incredible fitness levels here because mm. you know everything is data, data, data. So you, you, England are going to come up against an, an exceptionally fit team, and England mm. obviously prides itself on its level of fitness. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be all about skill on the ball and ability yeah. on the ball yeah. um and i think that will be that will determine who gets out of the group mm -hmm. you know yes and yeah. um you know so i have no doubt that it will be england that gets out of the group but uh, the us will come with a with a very very well prepared team okay. it'd be nice it'd be nice for them to go through you know it really would but uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to some questions now. Sure. Uh, Spencer just said here, what was it like playing with Keith Weller before his time? Cheers, Spencer. <laughs> Meant to be one of the very best. Yeah. Keith, I learned so much from Keith. Um, God bless me, passed away a few years ago. But yes. before, you know, when when I left Leicester and I came back, we came back to a, at the Farewell to Filbert Street uh, event and I played in that game and it was amazing. And I saw Can Keith. you say that? Yeah, right. There you go. Yes, I yeah. was there. I was part of that. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was so proud to, you know, we were having a couple of drinks afterwards. And I said to Keith, you know, I hope you realize how much you meant to me, Keith, because, you know, I've, I've traveled, I've seen a lot of players and I, he was one of their very best. There's yes. no two ways about it. 
And unfortunately, you know, there was a lot of good players in that era. So I think he had four caps, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but Again, he yeah, possibly more. would have had more had he been at a bigger, bigger profile club. Yeah, so, so playing with him and watching him training and so on, the consummate professional and... Um, Again, sadly, he left. When Jimmy left, he left. Yes, yeah. You know? I think I think that was the. I can say going back to the "be careful what you wish for." There right. were so many players when Jimmy left that, and like you say, maybe Frank tried to do too much too soon. Uh, but there was so yeah, that team was just was just yeah, decimated after that. It was. Um, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, uh, Dan says here, which player would you say you tried to model your game on? Okay, so. When I was growing up, Eddie Gray was a terrific left winger for Leeds United. Yes. And I just mm -hmm. used to love the ease that he used to go past players. And he had this way of taking you one way, dropping his shoulder and going past you. Mm -hmm. So I, I mastered that technique very quickly, although I was right footed. I mastered the mm -hmm. technique very, very quickly. And so I would say that, you know, because of his, his style of play, I think I modeled my game initially on him. But like I said, the influence of Keith Weller, was 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 you know fantastic to me and yeah. really helpful and then i've got to say when i went to berry um i learned so much from leighton james again yeah again yeah. a burnley link as well burnley and berry. yeah i learned <laughs> yeah. so much from leighton james because yeah. leighton wasn't you know about that point you know he wasn't blessed with the greatest amount of pace but mm. what he did was he played with a lot of intelligence and there were times where he played the ball in exceptionally early you know, without even beating the player. And I learned a lot about that. And I think that actually gave me longevity in the game because I figured out very quickly about space and how to use space. So yeah. there's been a number of influences of wide players, but I think those are the three that stand out to me. Yeah, good good names, good names as well. Uh, Scott says here, what manager would you say had the most influence over yourself, Winston, as a player? Oh, without a doubt, Jimmy Bloomfield. Jimmy Bluefield, you know, the, the manager, the coach that gives you your debut, you never forget that. You know, you're filled with so much joy and passion. It was my hometown club as well. I yeah. felt, you know, I felt like a, like Superman. I really did. And um, so, you know, I, I, I was I was going for, in, you know, uh, England trials and things like that. He really pushed hard, for, not just for me, but for, for some of the younger players. Yeah. His way of coaching, you know, sometimes tough love what knew how to put his arm around you and and talk to you in a way that you could understand it so jimmy bloomfield was definitely uh a, a massive influence for me and then yeah. down the line you know I, I have to say frank casper um i i have to give him a big shout out because what a coach i really enjoyed his coaching sessions and um you know obviously uh, you know i was uh, at the same club as him on two occasions so I kind of understood what Frank was about. So I, I really enjoyed, him, you know, the way he coached. And he was an attacking player as well. So I think yeah. he understood, you know, the way that I played. Yeah. And Anthony here. Um, hi, Chris. Question to Winston. What is your most memorable game in your career and why? Please say it was when you beat Arsenal at some point, because Anthony's an Arsenal fan. I'd love you to say right. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Anthony. Great question. Um, okay. So I've, I've really got two. Uh, making, your, making your debut, there's nothing like it. Because no. you, you, you have no reference because it, there's nothing like making your debut. Um, it, it beats everything that's gone before. So that definitely was a, a key moment, making my debut for Leicester City against Stoke City away um, and setting up the goal for Frank Worthington for him to score against Peter Shilton. 
and mm. it was just a dream come true in so many ways because my job was a, as to assist and then the, the 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 next game i would say is uh scoring for uh leicester against liverpool at at the cop end against mm. ray clements um that was that was pretty special because not many reckon, people can yes. say they've done that yes yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I can completely understand that. Just a couple more. Um, again, one from Dan here. Was there any youth players you played with that had the ability to make it pro but never made the cut? Oh, gosh. We're talking all day about that because, yeah. you know, you do see players come and go. But what people sometimes don't understand about the game, it's not just about ability. Mm. You know, it's there's this saying that, you know, it's 90s percent perspiration and 10 percent inspiration well that perspiration comes not just on play, playing in the, in the games but it's how you apply yourself in training it's it's preparation you know and proper preparation prevents poor performance is a thing that i was always told yeah oh god i yeah, yeah. said that without without uh tripping up but yeah, yeah. i mean it, it is it is a real tragedy how many players don't make it but have the fundamental abilities to be able to to make it but yeah it's 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 a di there's, there's different factors and components and um and, and and unfortunately i think the dropout rate's higher now than it, than it was even when i was playing and that's mm. that's a real tragedy you know because yes. we do have some lost talent out there yes um Spencer has here now put your feet up and get comfy. Um Winston, what do you think of today's Leicester side? I mean, oh, I don't know how much you you you've you you've seen and, and followed uh, Leicester. Oh, listen, um, I'm, I'm Leicester till I die. Come on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I was privileged to be at the Everton game uh when we picked up the we got the championship. It was oh, wow. you know, yeah. it was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um I I think the Leicester side would have been far uh far further up the league up the, you know at the table now than mm. if they had to got those injuries because oh, definitely, they yeah. they had them they have the making at the beginning of the season of i think a top four side there's no yeah. two ways about it and uh you, you know you just look you just look at the spine of the team uh if, you know if all the players were fit mm. definitely a top four team potentially in the waiting yeah. Um, you know, and 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 that's the best compliment I can give, really, for 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 um, for, for this season. Um, yeah. But again, you know, it, it's 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 it, they've done so well in the, in obviously in Europe. Um, I think it's a very very good team. I think at some point they're definitely going to have to uh, get somebody of the quality and goal scoring prowess of Jamie Vardy. I think to con mm. you know to to maintain that continuity. But I think. They've got some really good defenders. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like the boy uh, Tillemans is going to be leaving, mm. um, which is a real shame. But I think I think they can cover. I think they can, mm. I think they'll have cover for that because you know you look at some of the players that they've got that have come through. Um, I think they, they they'll have more than enough, and they're mm. a very young team, the youngest in the league, if I'm not mistaken. In the in the uh, it's one the, of them certainly, league. yes, I think, yeah, yeah. So so the future is looking incredibly bright, and. Um, I'm proud to say I'm a I'm a Leicester lad when I yeah. when I see the way they play as well because they play with a a panache that I really like. It is, and like you say, we've had two amazing. Well, 
<laughs> the seasons we've had since you know we got taken over have just been unbelievable. You know right. the, the 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 2000 well the Premier League trophy, then yeah. the FA Cup, then the Community Shield. We've got right. to go and win something in Europe. There's nothing right. left, <laughs> nothing left in this country to win. Right, we've yeah. done everything. And, yeah, and, and, and you, yeah, it's amazing when you think you know. Again, you know we're of a generation where. You know, Le Le Leicester was a, you know, it was a kind of a middle of the table, you know, mm. before I joined and so on. And, and you know, you, you always, you always thought they were just one of those potentially yo-yo teams, but never, yeah. ever going to do anything at the, at the top echelons. And look at, mm. look at us now, look at the conversation we're having. Yes. It's extraordinary. I was at the stadium for the Jack Wallace reunion there. Uh, it's about the third yeah. time I've been to the stadium and it's, it's mm. just breathtaking. As mm. to how much of a machine now the Leicester City operation is, it so is. respect and credit to not just the players but the owners, yeah. uh, even far back as Martin O'Neill, really, because you know Martin got the team playing with that style and winning things, and uh, mm. so it, it's been a journey for Leicester, and I've, I've, I've watched every minute of it. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's been unbelievable. I'll clip that bit where you said you left it till I die. That would make a good jingle for me. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. I Scott says, <laughs> yeah, I send you a check, as they say. Uh, uh, last two questions here. Um, first of all, Scott, which was there a club which you did not like playing against? Wow. Uh, okay. Um, I I always always had a problem playing up in the northeast. I must admit. Um, I remember I played against Newcastle United once and uh, it was it was a tribalism like I'd never seen before. Um, the, you know, incredible tribalism. That was always a challenge in the Northeast. Yeah. Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, before I made my debut for Leicester City, I, I went to Millwall, the old den. Never Ooh, forget yeah. that. Yeah. Never forget that um, because that was something different I'd never seen before. They that was pure hatred. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, still and, is. It still is, to be honest with you. Right, and um, you know, so that kind of fills me with fills me with a little bit of fear. I remember, you know, when it, 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 mm. back in the day, and uh, so yeah, the, the thought of going back to Millwall again is kind of whoa, you know. So yeah, th those 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 two areas, Millwall definitely, and and the yeah. northeast. They were very uncompromising, very hardcore up there, you know. So, oh. uh, yeah, always. I remember we played Millwall in uh, one of the cup competitions, and uh, Ben Chilwell had just broken through, and he literally right. admitted he was too scared to go and take a throw in. Wow. Because it was near to the Millwall fans, and yeah. the buses get pelted. Oh, it is. It's. I say it hasn't improved there at all. And I yeah. guess with the last question here, um, Millwall would fall into that bracket. Was there any club under no circumstances that would you have not signed for? Oh, would you have signed for? Would you have not signed for? No, wow. sorry, no, under no circumstance. Sorry, was there any club that under no circumstances would you would have, have not, not signed, signed for? for? Yes. You know what? I, I, it's, that's very difficult to say. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it was my job. Mm. So um, it's all about timing and that, you know, that sort of situation. I honestly think that if, if, if Blackburn would have came for me when I was at Burnley, there's no way I'd have gone to Blackburn Rovers <laughs> yes. at the yeah. time, right? At the yeah. time. Um, if, when I was at Leicester, there was no way I'd have gone to Nottingham Forest at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. but 
you know, moving on, you know, your job's your job. And um, yeah, I was a is. professional footballer. So you've got to take the emotion out of it. Mm. You've got to think about your family when you're making these decisions yes. and your security yeah. because you've only, you've got a, a certain shelf life. So, um, you know, I've got to, I've got to think logically in terms of a, a professional way. And uh, I, I, I push come to shove. I, I would have played for anybody just to play the game because I love the game so much. Of course. Of course. You know. And I, like I said earlier, I lived in Burnley for sort of 25 odd years. And during that time, I did actually get a job at Blackburn Rovers Football Club. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was the, it was in the sales department. And of course, as part of working for them, you got two free season tickets. Right. So I used to take my sons uh, to watch it. And we have we got we have the shirts because you you've got to have the shirts when you you know when you're watching a team and right. we used to stop on the motorway on the, the m65 on the way home get right. out the get out the blackburn shirts and everything right. put normal clothes on before right. we could get drive into burnley and feel safe. it's incredible yeah, yeah. i yeah i know a few of the blackburn lads and uh and we played against blackburn a couple of times when i was at burnley and the rivalry there is is is, is incredible intense yeah. it's yeah, you know, but it's 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 amazing. You know, you go back to that community thing, and you know the loyalty that these fans show mm -hmm. to the to the to the teams. I, you know, I, I I've always been engaged with the fans. I've always respected the fans for you know even you know for the for the some of the rubbish they put up with at times. I kind of say, <laughs> um, you know, but the loyalty they show as well. You know, and, and yeah. they 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 have a right right to complain and. And, and 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 moan about it and so on they mm. have that right absolutely but sometimes yeah. you know you've got to factor in a few things especially when it comes to the players a player doesn't want to go out there and fail he wants to go out there and and be successful you know yes. and there's yes. certain factors that can stop that player from doing that at times and sometimes it's not always um, on the field situations Mm. you know um we, we yeah. mentioned earlier that you know you're over there in, in florida what does the future hold for winston white well, I'm still involved in the game. I'm running mm. a number of different tournaments, um, soccer tournaments. Um, I have my own agency, so I'm always looking for players. Uh, mm. I still have, you know, connections with uh, some of the teams I played for and also mm. some of the teams I didn't play for. So um, I, I'm, I'm always making uh, trips to the UK, uh, bringing players over. I've got some events happening in the UK next year as well as here. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still involved in, in the game. I'm the president of the sports council here. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not just Lester till I die. I'm sporty guy till I die. You know, yes. I, uh, yeah. I continue, I continue to stay involved in the game in every which way possible. But my, my head is with helping young players, young people that have hopes and aspirations. I mm. never forget people gave me the opportunity, gave me the hope, the dreams, um, if you don't have kids that have dreams and hopes, then you have a very broken society. So I, I will do the very best I can uh, through sport to give kids those those hopes and aspirations. Very, very good words. Spencer just says here, uh, what a top guest. Thanks for your time, Winston and Chris. Great show. Uh, thank you, Spencer. And Scott says here, thank you so much, Winston, for your time, not only as a footballer, but especially tonight as well. I'll always appreciate being able to listen to ex-football players share their experiences. Thanks, Scott. Hopefully. Appreciate you, man. No, I really appreciate you coming on. Like you said, since, since, since we discovered you on social media, you've been, been inundated. But yeah. 
thank you so much for sparing the time to come on here. It's been great. And I know I say I always appreciate the fact, you know, that you're giving up your time to talk to the players and the fans, or not the players, the fans and um, that, that remember you. So I appreciate your time, Winston. Enjoy Florida. <laughs> oh, well, I'll try. I mean, I'm down in Portland. It's, it's, it's lovely here, but it's not Florida, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. All the best to you and your family. Uh, take care and stay safe. Thanks very much. Thanks, Chris. All the best to you. Up the Clarets, up Leicester. I was just going to say, Burnley are winning 1 0, by the way. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just saw the, I just saw the score. That's why I said it. Oh, ah, yeah. right. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. let's hope they stay up. Thanks very much, Chris. Vincent. All, All the best, mate. Take bye, care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely, lovely guy. Winston White there, ex. Well, yes, he was Burnley as well. We have to share him, but he was ex Leicester. Uh, I'm going to be back at nine. We're going to have a midweek semi. Who uh, <laughs> uh, misses? We've got, of course, all the European football semi finals start next week. We've got two teams in the Champions League, one team in the Europa League, and little old Leicester in the Europa Conference League. Can we win the inaugural cup? It would be good. Catch me back here, same time, same channel, nine o'clock. And uh, I say many, many thanks to Winston again. Stay safe, guys, and I'll see you later on. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.